Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All I ever wanted was something classic. The kind of love song that goes on till the end of time. All I ever wanted was a little magic. With a good laugh, jet black sparkle in his eye. You're my velvet. All right, all right. Um, uh, so Max is on. Uh, you know, he's returned from extended uh, things away and good times. And uh, I have just returned from good times with with Max and friend of the podcast Kevin in the 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 great northeast of the American uh, place nation, if you will. Uh, what we I call the Great Bland North. The Great Bland North, uh, where we actually had very well purportedly spicy hot sauce that ended up uh letting us down a little bit uh it, it, that i can't explain that because i've had it before and... so what you so think i'm just used to it no i'm saying it's boston it's not so really it, as spicy as you think it is in in max's defense max you should tell sean what what the hot sauce well, was no I think it was knows. it's not boston related it was the last dab hot sauce oh from hot ones and i've had it before and i've had tiny drops of it before and was in tremendous pain for 20 minutes and then we all did it this time and, and myself included like i went and put i actually put more on my chicken wings like i was enjoying it it was weird yeah, it's pre- i don't it's know if it tasty. lost some of its spice it's a very tasty hot sauce very tasty hot sauce but yeah, it cool. might maybe it depends on what you mix it with or how much we had been imbibing. I, I don't know. I can't explain it. Well, now I feel uh, like an asshole for criticizing Boston's food. Oh, wait. No, I don't. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. I, I think we all were. The, the the imbibing thing, if anything, that would probably be a uh, – is it propellant? Is that the right word? Uh, what you'd call like beer on hot sauce when it <laughs> – Accelerant? I, an accelerant, yes. yes. Uh, I think we were all in various stages, so I don't think that was it. Because other people tried it, too, that certainly hadn't been accelerated. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> speaking, <laughs> speaking, speaking of accelerators, what we're, here, what we're really here to talk about is, is, quite honestly, the slowing down of people driving cars in America. Um, this comes in the year, in, in the week after uh, Ford, or excuse me, Chevrolet just announced that they are going to be no longer making six different um, cars, you know, to say it broadly, um, Mm -hmm. you know, four-door sedan type type vehicles. And it follows earlier this year when Ford said we are, I think their their language was we are not investing in the new, the next generation of of cars, um, that they're only going to make the Mustang and the Focus active, which I don't even know what that is. But, um... Yeah, the uh, you know the American the roads of America are apparently no longer going to be filled with uh, with American made cars anymore. It's just going to be people in Tahoes, right? Right, Sean. Well, yeah. So it's it's important that we we clear up now the di- the distinction that's present when you say cars. Uh, mm-hmm. Cars are different from trucks and SUVs. So yes. No one. No one is ceasing to make trucks and SUVs, but oh, yeah. Chevy is ceasing production on car models. Ford is ceasing production on car models. G, uh, GM is uh, closing factories and, and laying off huge chunks of its workforce in the U.S. Um, 
it really does kind of seem like the car is dead. And when we drive, you know, or at least the American car is dead. I don't, Camrys and Accords aren't going anywhere. Uh, they're, they're moving some serious product. But, you know, we all drive different types of automobiles. And, and I am, you know, I guess technically I, I best represent the future of of the American auto industry driving my gigantic boat. Yeah, I mean, just just off the top, Sean, as as you mentioned, and that's why I said it. Um, you drive a a uh, I would say not not quite so late a model uh, uh, Chevy Tahoe, um, and I drive a, a Honda Accord, which is three years old. And Max, you drive a a uh, a, a Mini, your dream car. Uh, Mini Cooper S, for being fair. Um, so you have Max. You have a two door car. I have a four door car sedan. Uh, and then Sean, you yeah, you have what I, people seem to have. I drive an SUV that was released during the first George W. Bush term. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was a bit ago. And and yes. I I mean, uh, I I think first of all, if if you look at the list um, of the the cars they're not going to make anymore. Um, at least Chevy. Uh, that means that they're not going to make the cruise anymore, which which is very much like safe first car for someone who's mm-hmm. you know right out of or in high school. Um, they're no longer going to make two Cadillac models and also Buick LaCrosse. Apparently, Buick makes cars that people buy. I didn't know this, um, but also they're not going to. I think the two notable ones that jump out to me, they're not going to make the Impala anymore, which is like a classic American car in a lot of ways. Um, and then they're also not going to make the Volt, which is a car that had a lot of promise when it came out. is is like Chevy's Chevy's hybrid, and instead we're moving to the quote unquote crossover. Which uh, Max, I don't know about you, but the term crossover still makes me feel gross. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. Now um, I don't know. It, consider consider me an, an ignorant SUV driver. Uh, what what is a crossover? I believe it's just a, a small SUV, isn't it? I think the idea is you, you give people smaller SUVs so they kind of have the uh, maybe some of the maneuverability maneuverability of a car or the thing that people actually like driving the most, which is minivans, um, <laughs> while, while also feeling uh... big and up off the road a little bit more like an SUV. I used to drive a Chevy Trailblazer. That being up higher is is kind of awesome you don't get that in a minivan as much you don't get that in a in a car um so i think for some people they feel it's the best of both worlds and mm. i oh, okay. yeah i max you seem very skeptical of of that have you ever have you ever really driven an suv before oh i have i wasn't really listening to you i was um i was talking to the intern who was looking up what a crossover is Mm-hmm. Um, and I was distracted. A crossover is like an SUV, but built on the body of a car. Or it's actually, it's more like a car that you're just making bigger without actually changing how it, it works as a vehicle. So it's like a, it's like a, a, a countryman, basically. Um, do you have a better example than that? <laughs> um, uh, I, I would say like the, the Nissan Rogue is one that they try to make look hip and cool or the hamster like vehicle. The, BMW three or fives, um, like a CRV, like a Honda CRV. Yeah, yeah. Um, a Rav four would probably be one. Mm. Yeah, it's it's really just kind of a smaller SUV yeah. and um, Highlander. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I I think the for me I feel some like maybe misbegotten nostalgia for these cars because I grew up in a household that pretty much since 2000 we had SUVs and even since like ni- no since like 1998 we only had SUVs and trucks. So I didn't grow up growing uh, driving a car and now I own a foreign made car and Max you do too. But uh, there's a long history of of the f- you know freedom in America, or at least for the the teen in America, is having your first car. And maybe it's a really dinky car, like your your old Impala, or or you know, goodness forbid, uh, it, one of those Ford Tauruses. That that one Ford Taurus that's maybe the the ugliest thing made. But that's a lot of people's first car. I mean, Max wasn't your first car, a, a or didn't you spend a lot of time in a large um, sedan? Um, it wasn't huge. My first car was a 1996 uh, Honda Accord Coupe, mm-hmm. um, which I don't, I don't know that they made Accord Coupes much after 1996. They kind of made the Civics all coupes, um, yeah. or only made the Civics as a coupe. Um, but that was my first car. Yeah, yeah and I, I think the other thing I think about, and certainly I grew up in, is is maybe that this is just a further highlighting of the urban versus suburban divide because the one thing you notice in the suburbs is there are parking lots everywhere and there's no (laughs) there's no parallel parking well Um, and and something that we've talked about on another episode before the suburbs are where you go in order to fit more life to have more space for more life and part of what that includes is bigger families mm -hmm. and so there's more people to cart around there's more of their shit to cart around with them i mean so i i grew up in the suburbs as well um and from uh it had a split so my dad drove sedans until about 2010 and my mom my mom drove a, a minivan and then uh, a Suburban, uh, and now uh, another SUV. But there was no, there was never much, there, there certainly was never like a particular allegiance to American automobiles, which I, I think is another, you know, another thing. Like my, my grandfather used to drive a Cadillac, and, and he was so, he loved that car so much, and it was very clearly something where he had had a long relationship with the idea of not just of, you know, the freedom and dominion over the world around you that comes from having a car, but of, you know, the dominance of American manufacturing and and the Cadillac being, you know, the height of American automobile luxury. And Mm. that's just like that. It's never, you know, that was never something that really... I think there was a time that I wanted to drive that car because it seemed really cool, but it uh-huh. never, it never registered as cool like for that reason. And so yeah. my first car was my aunt's old '97 uh, or '98 Toyota Avalon, which is a very large sedan. It is not small. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically what I'm trying to say is that I'm really good at parallel parking because I learned how to do it with a giant sedan and a giant SUV. Uh, But, you know, I just... I've appreciated driving an SUV 
for the last uh, six years thereabouts um, because I like being up off the road. I like, you know, better visibility. I certainly don't like the gas mileage, but, you know, it's been, you know, it's also, it's been the, it's been the car that has carted me through, you know, several moves now. And so, you know, I, I think, I think while, while it is not the kind of thing I want to be driving long term, you know, I, I'm, I have a healthy, I think I have a healthy amount of nostalgia for this particular car and, and will be kind of sad to see it go when it does. Yeah. And I think, you know, nostalgia is different than another thing you mentioned and, and Max, I would put to you, which is this, this loyalty, kind of a, a brand loyalty and I think anymore the American market is so saturated with a lot of cars that provide good services and everything. But Max, speaking of crossovers, in some ways I think the original crossover is a car we saw endlessly this weekend in in Boston and I've seen in the areas around, you know, where you're from, which is, you know, which which vehicle that is everywhere. Is it, do you mean a Subaru Outback? Yes. Yes. You, you yes. know, you've you've lived in Virginia your whole life. You went to UVA. You've never not been around a zillion Subaru Outbacks. Yeah, but oh, it's we've got I, a lot more though. Yeah, that's the thing. Is that's is amazing they, because I was blown away when I first got to Charlottesville by how many of them there were here. So I think that in Charlottesville, in certain areas, there's this earthy, crunchy view of of Subarus, but it's different. I think in New England because they're very functional. They have all wheel drive. Mm-hmm. They have they're really like station wagons, Which is not but the same as four wheel drive. Not the same as four wheel drive, but when you've got the when you've when you've got snow and weather and everything else and roads that you know maybe could use a little paving. I don't know. Someone might want to tell someone in the city about that, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I think that that's it's kind of the a really great car for that, and there's loyalty to it. So maybe that's part of what these companies are doing by building these crossovers. I mean, the focus. So that's interesting Max. because I think that. And I didn't mean to step on on Max jumping in, but I think that you know, I, I think you know, I think about my grandfather and his his love of his Cadillac, and I think there there certainly was a time where the way the way that car manufacturers built loyalty was through you know leveraging nostalgia. Yeah. You know, the, he didn't. He didn't drive a, a 1954 Cadillac. He drove a Cadillac from the 90s. But I'm sure that was the kind of thing where, you know, he was loyal to Cadillacs because that was, you know, that had been, you know, a symbol of something for many years. Yeah, yeah. I definitely is true. Max, you were going to say. Yeah, well, I've been I've been taking lots of notes here, and I'm I'm just curious if if you think maybe it's just that, um, I mean, I, th- I think it's a combination of factors. But you mentioned kind of the urban suburban divides. You have the suburban folks that can afford to get the the SUVs. They are very um, expensive, and the urban folks are going, I, I think, away from vehicles in general, more in favor mm-hmm. of, of of ride sharing, perhaps. And and you have or birds, a, a, a kind of um what people are looking for like utility in a vehicle and i feel like the the toyotas and hondas that you mentioned have kind of perfected like the affordable utility car and so if american manufacturing is going to be known for its you know quality who's going to pay more for 
who's going to pay twice as much for a, an American car when they could get the, the Toyota or Camry? And, and the thing about it is, like, the, all those cars look the same. Like, when was the last so, time a sedan uh, looked different? With the exception of a couple of the models that you said they're keeping around, like a Mustang. Like, yeah. maybe someone's always wanted a Mustang. They're going to keep making that. But, like, I don't think anyone's ever like, oh, I've, I've always wanted a Ford Taurus. Like, you're going to get the Corolla. <laughs> so I don't, I don't go to an Italian restaurant expecting them to have... I don't really, I don't know, really good vegan green smoothies. That's not their specialty. And I think what you're talking about in a way is the American car manufacturers said, well, people want to buy their Subarus for this type of car. And maybe they're trying to get that market a little bit. Um, uh, and, you know, people are going to keep buying their Hondas and Camrys. Or if you're really on the, the cutting edge of an urban, young urban professional, you're going to buy a Mini or a Fiat because those are the teeny cars that are better able and we just can't we can't do it we, we can't keep up with it teeny cars that are better able for what better able to to zip around the city and and i think oh. have better gas mileage maybe maybe my car... teeny car is not better able for anything other than me liking it i yeah. I, I will just say that now my car is not owned for <gasps> utility purposes if you're worried it's about a small not... package that will zip around the city you don't buy a fiat you, you, you buy a no Prius. you get a honda civic or a honda or a civic yeah. That's fine. In, in in any case, I should have used those as examples, but um, that I'm glad you guys could join together and and correct me because it's no, it's it's important there because it is it is something like a Prius, it is something like a Civic or or a, or a Corolla, which Max you view all as the same car sometimes. But I think you're right, which is they're they're these they are the they're the hegemony in in the you know this, these urban settings, and it's not American cars. I know for me. Uh, someone's like, oh, you should look at a Ford Focus. I'm like, I don't want a Ford Focus. I want a Honda Accord or I want a Toyota Camry. So I'm part of the problem. I wasn't even considering an American car. It, is it a problem? No, and because I know that they're better and, they, right. and they're you know less expensive. And the thing we haven't mentioned, and it's it's the part of the reason why Ford and, and Chevy are doing this, is because the margins on SUVs and, and trucks are massive. Yeah. Trucks yeah. are extremely and, expensive. And, I mean, just yeah. look at the marketing. I mean, when was the – like, if you, when you think of truck commercials, what percentage of truck commercials do you think you see, assuming you watch – I mean, I, most of my commercials are, I see when I'm watching sports. Mm-hmm. You know, what percentage of those truck commercials are for American-made trucks? It's like 95%, maybe oh, 100. Sure. I don't remember the yeah. last time. Does what, – what pickup truck does Honda make? Do they make one? Ridgeline. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. I've never I know seen it because, a commercial for a Honda Ridgeline, I don't think. No, I, don't I know, know it because I know someone who lives in ex, you know, an ex-urban community, and they're thinking of getting a truck. Um, and Honda's is, of course, a little bit cheaper, but it's the inverse of mine, which is I don't want to buy a foreign truck. I want, you know, I want a Ford Ranger that's coming out this next year. Yeah. Or I want – well, really, that's what they said. They're like, well, I could get a used Tacoma, but I really just want a new truck. I want an American truck. Yeah, uh, and this is someone who's from Georgia, who's who's older than me. He's he's not not a baby boomer, but is uh, I guess w- when was it when you're born, like late seventies? Is that Gen X? Yeah, yeah. So. He's he's probably a Gen Xer, and I, I don't I don't want to take points away from you, but there's another point here that's about people getting older and who America is to to an extent. Um, and by that, I mean a lot of people who are buying cars and maybe they're buying their last or second to last car right now are baby boomers. And I have had the privilege of driving SUVs before and I've had trucks as well. Um, and especially these crossovers, 
they're really easy to get in and out of. And when you have an aging population who is not maybe as nimble as they once were when they were, you know, getting into their, uh, I don't know, their hot rods and whatever else, is they like not having to sit down. They like the plushness and the smooth ride. See, that's really interesting because I would come at this from the opposite perspective. My aunt, who, who you know, whose car was my first car, uh, continues to drive sedans because she kind of has trouble getting up into a large mm. SUV. Yeah. So it's kind of a it's kind of a middle ground. I think it's maybe a, a if only there were some whether... vehicle that could kind of cross over between. <laughs> well, it's yeah, a and that's whether and your that's... knees are starting to go or whether they've gone. Yeah, and that's the thing, Max. As, as I was going to say, it sounds like we need to go test drive some cars and really get a sense for the crossroad market. I've oh, been in some I would of be them. Careful about doing that because you will get seven thousand emails. Yeah, I, I fortunately really only looked at two cars, but I know I know what you mean. And when I have gotten into the crossover type vehicles, it is kind of in between. You don't have to you don't have to take that step up with the what are yep. they? the sideboards um or running board maybe yeah. uh it's it's more like it's it's waist height and you just kind of plop down whereas sometimes i i have to hold the door to get up out of my car not not that there's anything wrong with me but just because that's the convenient thing with these it's just kind of like slide in and out so if you're you know 65 years old and you know you've got that nagging old football injury that was actually from one time you tripped uh because you you spilled something on the floor uh you know you would benefit from you know avoiding that pain uh, you know, Max, you know, the days when maybe your knee's giving you a little trouble, getting down in the mini is not that easy, right? It's very low. <laughs> it's uh, Sometimes I feel like I'm sitting on the ground. <laughs> it, it's um, it's uncomfortably low. Yeah. Just, you know, so you hear it from a friend. I, though, in all this, uh, I think that maybe the good news, and Max, you brought it there, is, and I don't think it will reverberate too far but in urban communities people are maybe doing ride sharing maybe they're uh, maybe they're doing bikes more sean i know it irritates you to no end but solving the last mile problem with those scooters is it's it's better than people driving three blocks to the metro station or are you know parallel parking and hitting us bikes bikes bicycle i mean i i realize that you're just kind of tossing off examples to make a point but like if, it, if you're going three blocks, don't use the damn scooter either. Your feet. You got feet. Walk. Walk. Yeah. Walk places. Yeah. I, w- I would love it if people walked places. Um, we walked a lot this weekend, Max. I, you know, I will definitely credit Boston for how we did ride sharing. We used public transportation. We walked a bunch. It's, it's really good for that. And I think that uh, people stopping and saying, wait, I don't need to drive. I mean, I, I happily walk a mile from a metro stop to... Uh, I went to improv last week and it was, yeah, it was a mile walk, but it was great. You know, straight up the street, a very busy street in these cities. It's a great way to see it. I mean, this is not really what we're here to talk about, but like walk, walk somewhere you're going or just go walk nowhere at all. Yeah. And unfortunately in the suburbs, it is best to drive places. And that's hard. Yeah, you're right. It's a good point. It is very hard. And, and, you know, I live in... I live in the particular part of Charlottesville where I have the ability to really go walk places. And I, you know, I have friends that live in other parts of town where it's not quite so conducive. And, and, you know, I'm being, I'm being privileged in, in how I think about the way I get around. Uh, 
but you know you you do i will grant that you make a good point that you know we're we're trying to solve the last mile problem in a lot of different uh in a lot of different venues not just in terms of like shipping goods and how we get things to people but how people get to places too yeah yeah uh, and i think that the the other end of it is there are still people that live in cities or have to interact with cities and they need cars or some type of transport and yeah you know buses don't go everywhere or you have to wait 20 minutes for every bus or mm-hmm. the there is there is a really big last mile that would be a 15 20 minute walk that you maybe shouldn't be doing it's not a great walk so having fewer options in terms of something affordable like a Chevy Cruze or even an Impala and you know all the different variants of, of Ford Focus and stuff um, that that makes me upset um, and that I hope those people are still served. I mean, Max is allergic to the thought of these beautiful vehicles being taken away from from his his city roads. He's so proud of, uh, and I don't know, it's but it's also it's also fake nostalgia on my part because I drove an SUV growing up in the suburbs. Um, yeah, so I just oh, America is a is a car driven culture. I've been to Woodward Dream Cruise before, which is a really fascinating thing just in the suburbs well the immediate suburbs of Detroit, which are so um you know, intricately tied to that city that is known for cars and known for muscle cars and everything else. And um, you know, that stretch of road goes right into the center of the city, which has seen a lot of ups and downs. And now GM and, and Ford have said, we're not gonna make this thing that really built this city in a lot of ways anymore, besides rock and roll. Um, so, yeah. all right, we've we've talked about a lot of stuff. We've we've gone through America's car culture. We've talked about the uh, the effects of aging on the human body. We've we've talked about nostalgia and loyalty. We've learned that there's a difference between all wheel drive and four wheel drive. Uh, anybody have any last thoughts that they want to? to voice on this subject before we move on okay I will take your uh, I will take your uh, lively answers as as it knows <coughs> and say that if you have thoughts on uh, the, the death of the American car uh, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at pretty okay pod and let us know what you think and we will then move on as we always do to Pierce is sorry. So what are you apologizing for this week? Well, I think in the spirit of, of vehicles, um, I a couple weeks ago I needed to go to the Department of Motor Vehicles. And I was not on my best behavior there, but that's not what I'm apologizing for this week. Um, because I think in some ways this was retribution for, for kind of how I how I uh, acted there. Um, because the DMV is not the best place, but you should just be patient, I would say. Um so the next night I went to 930 Club, a favorite music venue of mine in D.C., uh, to see Mitski, who is great and wonderful and people should see. Uh, um, and as I'm walking in, there's a really nice guy who's, who's taken tickets and checking IDs. And so he, he looks at me and he checks my ID, which uh, you know, says I'm well past the age that one can drink well over 21 um he goes hey do you have uh do you have another id i go what what do you mean no i don't he's like well this idea is voided like it's not it's not voided it's it i have until next month he goes uh 
here and he shows it to me and they have stamped void on my license and when they gave me a receipt for my license at the dmv they had a separate piece of paper which is it's actually in front of me but it doesn't really help the audience um and it's like this is your you put this together with your id and it becomes a temporary license until you get yours um i of course didn't pay attention and the guy was like do you have it i'm like it's my car He's like, okay, can you go get it? It's like, oh, I didn't drive here. And so he's like, well, I can work something out with my manager if you want to buy a drink. I was like, no, no, it's fine. You know, thank you for pointing this out to me. I'm going to save $10 anyways. And of course I go, I should have read because on a very pro reading podcast, I of course failed to follow my own rule of being pro reading. So I am apologizing this week for being so overconfident going to the DMV and they got me. And you know what? Good for them. These are employees <laughs> with the most patience in the world. And we're all a bunch of idiots going in there thinking we're right. So, you know, well-deserved, you know, chopping me down a little bit to to going from, you know, suburban height to, to Chevy suburban height, I should say, to like mini lows, I suppose. Fiat lows. <laughs> Smart car. There we go. Smart, Smart car. car. There's, there's, there's what the dream is built on for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So to close out the show, uh, we can we can segue. You know, speaking of of being pro reading, I think you balanced out your your instance of not reading uh, with something that you did in Boston. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Max. Well, you actually didn't go, Max, but you're going to go next weekend, right? I am, and I I went to the to the thing that you're going to talk about in um, June or so. Oh. It's a twice a year opportunity. Yeah. Well, do you want to give a little more background? It's it's your city nominally. Ha. Well, it's Cambridge. Well, no, it takes place in Somerville. So uh, twice a year, uh, the Harvard Bookstore does a a warehouse book sale, um, and I wasn't able to make it this past weekend, but uh, Pierce and Kevin were visiting, and they went. And my understanding is that basically Harvard is selling off a lot of their um like warehouse stock so it's new books and not just not you know necessarily textbooks they're all varieties of books um for for very good prices and it's very crowded it's it's in the middle of nowhere and it's very warehousey and there's a lot i think a lot of people went i mean when i went in like i said june or july it was very busy how was it for you Oh, it was really busy, but uh, you could just tell from the crowd there that they were all excited to go and peruse and get science books and get fiction books and get art books and cookbooks, history books. I got uh, All the King's Men, and I got Invisible Cities, and I got uh, The Waves uh, by Virginia Woolf. I think that's the name of it. And I also got a lovely Phaedon – or how, how do we say it, Sean? Is it Phaedon or Phaedon cookbook? I actually don't know. Phaedon? Uh, yeah, but they do things like – Tacopedia, which I think you have, Sean. I do. Um, and and the uh, I have a variety. Of, the Nordic Cookbook. They're just a really good publisher. And the other thing, you know, Max, you pointed this out to me, and so did Kevin. Because it's warehouse sale, you've got the the price on the that sticker price on the back, and then they take basically the Amazon price and cut off another. 15 20 percent so i got uh the cookbook i got was 25 dollars on amazon i think the list price is 40 and i get for 17 bucks and so people were getting great books and um we're just real excited it was a great crowd i had a little discussion with the the cashier they're just cool people who like books which some people don't like but you're wrong if you don't yeah those people are wrong uh i am not wrong i went 
uh, a, mo- a couple months ago, maybe, uh, to the uh, friends of the Jefferson Madison Regional Library book sale, uh, which I think I might have talked about on the pod, uh, but uh, I, I'm, I'm still kind of excited about that. I got some. I also got some heavily discounted cookbooks. Um, mm. I, I got Emily a copy of Appetites for maybe eight dollars. I got a slightly busted copy of The Joy of Cooking for four. Um, but you know, I, I'm not here to talk about book sales myself. Um, the books uh, book sale that I go to in Charlottesville benefits the library. And last week, I did something that I haven't done in a very long time. I went to my library and I checked out books. Well, I'm not going to say the phrase I come up, came up with this this past weekend, but I'll say it after the pod. That's really exciting. I I am very excited. So I uh, I, I had some uh, some some books that I had been wanting to read, but I, I didn't know that I felt like buying them just yet. And so I I checked online. I searched the catalog to see if. My local library had copies in in circulation, and they did. And so I went over during my lunch break because I can walk to my library because I'm privileged like that. And I checked out two books, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, the, the library thing is is very good. It's a it's a wonderful public service that is free as long as you live in the area and can show them some mail. Right. Um, it's what it's one of the, it's one of the few like just straight up beautiful things in in america that i can think of indeed off the top of my head that is a public service so yeah go libraries go book sales i think chevy malibus are pretty beautiful that's uh america. they are gonna still make those so that's we Wait, got really that, oh, yeah oh, they're oh, cutting the bad impala. example then yeah my bad. it's it's okay it was good it was good <laughs> effort you know was it though uh, yeah, bring it all back. Bring it all back. He tried, it's <laughs> trying to be topical is important. That's why we read. Why it we was read. probably a signal that that is the end of the show. You yeah. can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. While you're there, you can check out writing. Ian has been busy, or really, rather, uh, I have been busy finally editing things that Ian sent me an undisclosed amount of time ago. Um, but there, there's, uh, he's got two good pieces. He went to see uh, Mount Joy, a band he's written about before, uh, live in the UK. And he wrote about the, uh, the Kamasi Washington album that came out this year, which is a, a really great record. Uh, Pierce wrote about stuff for, yeah. for an occasion that I'm sure he does not want to disclose. Max knows very well that I don't like disclosing that. <laughs> and I do, as, and I do as well. Uh, um, yeah. And one of these days, I'm, I'm certainly, I'm reading enough stuff to power seven league extravaganzas, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to, trying to find some time to, to actually compile the, you know, the the uh, snappy sentence versions mm-hmm. uh, to to sum up what what I've been reading and, and put them into link form for you. So hopefully that'll be up soon. Uh, you can also subscribe to our feed. So you never miss an episode. They'll show up on your device of choice every Tuesday. Uh, we're on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Uh, if you do that, please do us a favor, 
leave a rating review comment that sort of thing or just find a friend that you think might be interested in what we're doing and tell them about the show we would love to share it with them as well we'll be back again next week as always to talk about something else until then i'm sean i'm pierce i'm max thanks for listening Bye.